We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Love it. Little U.S. Open music to uh, introduce our first guest of the morning and into the afternoon. We've got Brian Koziel, host of Tea to Green. You can hear every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. And this morning, no different previewing the U.S. Open round three coverage uh, on TV anyways, beginning at noon. And Brian, welcome, my friend. Uh, happy U.S. Open weekend to you. Thank you. You as well. It's been a great first two rounds. Let's hope the second two live up to uh, the billing of what we've seen so far. Yeah, and, you know, if you are a casual golf brand uh, fan, Brian, there is a lot of names still on this leaderboard, but yesterday and after round one in particular, where you've got to really hit the Google machine and start Googling guys' names because, I mean, you've got a, a group of players um, still, as again, as it stands, there's some amateurs inside the top 20 um, at one under. Like, this has been a unique start to a tournament. Uh, of course, you've got, the, you've got the names at the top, the Morikawas, the Roms, and McElroys, but outside of that, there's not a ton of really well-known, you know, guys that are always seemingly at the top at the top of this leaderboard yeah i think that's what's unique about the u.s open and what you'll see at the open championship a month from now is that it truly is an open i mean nate i know you and i are working on our games all the time to try to get better at some point if we got really good we could play in, in this now you have to go through a whole bunch of stuff but the, the dream that anybody has of playing in an event like this, if you get good enough, you technically could. You need a 1.4 handicap, and then you can go through the qualifying rounds. And some of these guys that you mentioned that are there, sprinkled in between all these major champions like Morikawa and Rahm and McElroy and Scheffler, are these names that we're learning about this week that made it through the qualifiers. Even Adam Hadwin, who had played PGA Tour for years from Canada, he had to go through the qualifying stages. He did not get exempt to get in through some of the specifications. He was the first-round leader. He actually didn't qualify. He was an alternate. He missed a putt on the last hole of qualifying, and then Paul Casey withdrew, so he got in. Uh, David Lingmurth, a guy who played a lot of time, has, has played uh, European events, some PGA Tour events in his time. He's actually a big hockey guy and a Sabres guy. He's wore a Sabres cap on his Corn Ferry Tour events. He qualifies awesome. and get in. Some of these, yeah, some of these other names that you've never heard of going into the week, MJ Duffy, who, you know, fell down a little bit. Uh, these are guys that went through qualifying. So uh, some people might not like it because it's not a recognizable name, but I think the stories are great. There absolutely are. One of the best stories this morning, I was watching the Golf Channel, Brian, and Stuart Hagstead, who, uh, who made the cut. He was one of the first tee times out this morning. 
isn't even a full-time player. He still has amateur status. He is a financial advisor, and he qualified. He won a qualifier to get in the U.S. Open and made the cut. I mean, that is just as cool as it gets, Brian. That And that is probably – that tells you the most about this tournament is it really – you win some qualifying tournaments, and you can find yourself playing on – frankly, the hardest golf courses in the world. And that's the best thing about the U.S. Open. And the Country Club is no different, Brian. I mean, this course is aesthetically very beautiful. There's a lot of slope. Um, and, and, and the greens aren't, I would say, overly fast. They're not the fastest greens these guys are going to play this year. But that doesn't mean they aren't tricky as hell. I've been really, really impressed from all the guys that have played this weekend of how they've been able to putt on these greens um, yes, they're slick in terms of the speed. Like you said, they're not maybe at Augusta National speed, but the amount of break that you see them playing and how they're converting, I think has been real impressive. One point that I heard on the telecast yesterday that I thought was totally spot on is you're seeing a lot of long putts made, but it's coming from below the hole. Mm. The guys that are putting from above the hole where it's a little more dicier, and you have to be much more conservative with it, that's obviously where they're having issues, where you're seeing the ball just continue to run out, and you're like, holy cow, this thing just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. So placement on the green, really, really important this week at the U.S. Open. No surprise to me that even though he's officially one behind, I think Roy McIlroy's played the best yeah. out of the first two days. He had that really tough third hole yesterday where he had three whacks out of the high fescue, but he's number one in strokes gain putting, so he's putting well, and he's tied for one in greens and regulation. And that means I'm staying out of trouble yep. and I'm making putts. And if you can do that at the U.S. Open, you've always got a chance to win. 100%. And Joel Damon's another name that people probably should familiarize themselves with, Brian. He's a guy that, you know, in both of my, my U.S. Open pools was a guy that I chose, mostly because, Brian, he seems like a player – and, and in this same thought process, I think about guys that play their best golf in the toughest conditions. And I'm thinking Shane Lowry. You know, I'm thinking Cam Smith. They're, these are guys that play the best when the best is required. And Damon's a name that is starting to pop up in my mind when I think of that type of golfer. And he's such a, you know, another one of those stories. A guy that's made the PGA Tour, then got himself off the tour, like trying to work himself back and forth. Um, you know, and some of these events, remember, like you, some some of these guys play a PGA Tour event, and then they might not be eligible though to play in a major. Some of these guys might be able to play in a major, even though they might not be regular tour status, because maybe they finished like top ten in the U.S. Open last year, and that got them exempt into this year. So, I think that's why you're seeing guys that maybe you haven't heard of, or guys that kind of like, oh, I remember him. Where did he come from? Like, you know, all these different qualifications to get in, but. Uh, Damon is a guy that he, you know, he calls himself a grinder. Like, and that's what you have to do at the U.S. Open. Making par is a good score. I think what's really good about going into this weekend, Nate, the volume and quantity of golfers that are within striking distance here. Um, Twenty-three golfers are within four shots of the lead. That's the most ever at a U.S. Open since 1996. That means. Like, you know, there's, you could make an argument for 20-some guys that they have right. a chance to win here. Right. Now, obviously, I like more than others, but, man, the leaderboard is jammed, and that shows 
also in the cut. You're oh, plus for sure. four. You're <laughs> yeah. plus four. You means you shot 72-72 at a U.S. Open. That is damn good golf. And you're only nine shots behind through two rounds. That's something that can definitely be made up on a PGA Tour event over two rounds. You're not even playing the weekend right. with a plus score, uh, a plus four score. So that just shows how many golfers are so tightly bunched up near the top of the board. Yeah, one golfer that I thought really, really struggled this week. He missed the cut, Phil Mickelson. Obviously, a lot has been made of Phil this week. He was sort of the center of attention, which I think was pretty predictable. I think he probably prepared to be the center of attention at this event with his recent move to the Live Golf League. But, I mean, on the course, it was a real struggle, and particularly in round two, it was a hard watch, Brian. I mean, he really struggled. He only had two birdies, one of which was kind of a, a miracle putt that was from off the green that he, that he jarred for birdie. But Phil really struggled out there on that, uh, on that course. I wonder if the Live Tour guys were done a little disservice in the sense that obviously last week was an extremely stressful, emotional week for them. The taxiing interviews... Then, of course, their first event, which you know I would guess they were excited about. They wouldn't have made the jump if they weren't thinking that this tour is great. Um, and then you've got to play three days and then fly from London over to Boston to get in. And now, all of a sudden, you're going to play the biggest grind in golf. Like, yeah. That might have been a, very taxing on these guys physically and mentally. And we, because Mickelson is one of the faces of that live tour, you know he's carrying extra weight. He was the first major press conference on Monday yep. uh, at U.S. Open, and obviously he played terrible. For, you can't spray it all over the place, and he knows it, and he did it, and then he wasn't good on the greens either. So, I mean, that's a one-two punch combination of see you later, you're done after the first two rounds. And I, I guess the USGA has to be a little happy. As yeah. far as I know, there wasn't any major like issues on the course with fans going after him or some of the faces of the Lib Golf Tour. So I think they've got to be happy. In any other year, they would be rooting for Mickelson to make a run to win it because it would be the biggest story of the U.S. Open, right. him finally getting his Open. This year, him going away quietly on the weekend, I'm sure they were quite happy with. Brian Koziel here on the Western Hotline. We're talking U.S. Open. And uh, I wanted to, quickly before I let you go, talk about Colin Morikawa, who finds himself at the top of this leaderboard tied with Joel Damon, someone we just spoke about. I, this must be one of the quietest two-round top-of-leaderboard uh, performances I've heard from Morikawa. And it feels like, Brian, it's probably because he's not really playing his best golf right now, but he's grinding it out. Again, you, you mentioned in, on this course, in this tournament, that grinding out you know, uh, getting up and downs, getting sand saves, keeping par um, becomes a premium in this tournament and maybe no more than it will today when the winds are supposed to be gusting towards 20 and 25 miles per hour. You've really got to be able to trust your shot. And you like watching Golf Channel this morning. That's the one area Colin's really struggling right now. He's got a draw playing in his shot right now, and it's not a natural movement of the ball for him. So when you aren't trusting your swing and you're not trusting your ball flights, Brian, when you add the element of wind, uh, what does that do for a tour pro, especially a guy like Colin Morikawa, who's won a U.S. Open, who has major victories in a position like he is at the top of the leaderboard? Yeah, when I heard that, I was super surprised. Like He naturally, as you said, he plays like a fade or a cut shot, and now he's hitting draws, which is why I was surprised to see him being where he's at here. But, I mean, this guy, when he gets in a groove, he might be the most consistent guy. Or when he 
So accurate, 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 back and forth the whole time. So um, for him, he's about as calm and cool as any young player I've ever seen. So the pressure, I'm sure he's fine with it. Um, will he get swinged out when he needs to count on it? But for a pro, as you said, you know, a, a five-yard difference in wind can make a whole bunch of difference in terms because they're that accurate with it. So I think it'll be a challenge for everybody. How bad is that wind today? And do the guys that play later in the day when the wind could it shift, could it calm down, will they have an advantage? That's what happened yesterday afternoon to those late guys that played. They were able to take advantage of the winds calming down a little. All right, so uh, I, I have the feeling I know who your who your kind of pick is through two days. You've got the information at your disposal. You know who's at the top of this leaderboard. You mentioned how deep, how many guys are within striking distance of the leader at this point. Who do you like to finish this tournament off on Sunday and holding up that trophy? If you're making me pick one, and there's a ton of big names there, it's still McElroy. I think I mean, he should be in the solo lead. If he gets a better lie on that third hole yesterday and he doesn't have to take three whacks out of the fescue, he's in the solo lead. I think right now, for as, you know, as tough as it might be, he's carrying the face of the PGA Tour. He's the voice of the PGA Tour. He's got his strut back going. He's been very accurate. The green's in regulation, and his putter's been on fire. So, I mean, there's Scheffler, there's Markawa, yep. there's Rom. Kepka made a run yesterday. We know JT's not out of it. Uh, Shoffley's looking for his first major. Sam Burns has had a great yeah. year. He's in contention. And then, of course, you got all these guys that left there. If I'm picking one, it's, it's Rory, my rooting interest, just because of what he's stood for over the last two weeks. I'm rooting hard for him to get it done. One name, Brian, I'm going to throw in the mix here that I think could potentially find himself in a really good position to win this tournament, Matt Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick has his uh, uh, amateur U.S. Open win at that course. I played there last year, Brian. His name is all over that clubhouse. He is a mainstay at, at Brookline at the Country Club. That's a name that I have in a bunch of my pools, and I probably wouldn't sleep on Matt Fitzpatrick if you, uh, if you are, are looking for some, uh, some, some, some real-time betting going into the, into the fourth round. That's a name I'd really keep an eye on. Comfort at a course that doesn't usually give anybody comfort. That's a nice thing to have on his side, obviously, winning there before. He should have a win already on the PGA Tour. Yeah. He's had trouble closing, so we'll see how that plays out if he's in contention going in on Sunday. But definitely, you know, with his U.S. Amateur win at this course, we know he knows it well. We know he loves being there. He's very comfortable. So, uh, yes, uh, he should have won already. I'd be strongly apt to maybe pick him if he had won already, but sure. I'm still waiting for him to get over the hump here in a big spot. All right, Brian, enjoy the rest of the tournament in U.S. Open this weekend. Enjoy some. I think you got some soccer today, so enjoy that as well, and we'll uh, we'll chat soon. We'll get out soon. Skirsky's been been getting at me to get us all out, so we'll uh, we'll get around in here before uh, training camp starts. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.